Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comics that have come out this week, and we review them for your listening pleasure. Pete, are you pleasured right now? Uh, I'm weirded out because you guys have switched positions. Yeah, that's yeah. a good thing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. good note. Yeah. That's just for all you as two <laughs> listeners out there. Subtle change in the seating arrangement. We should mention. Don't worry, we're going to tweet about it. It's going to change up the whole dynamic. Well, everybody knows as they're listening to the podcast. Pete sits at due north. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually, I am to the east and you're to the west. That's true, yeah. but here I am on the east side feeling weird. And I'm southwest right now, that's so right. I'm getting some of those caliente flavors. Oh, oh that's nice. God. Tex-Mex over here. Listen, this is your fault. You brought it up. I the chowder going... over here is great in the east. Ay, ay, ay. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into it. Talk about Plunge number one from DC Comics slash Hill House by Joe Hill and Stuart Eminen. This is the latest in Joe Hill's horror line. He has taken on this one himself and this is a bit of old undersea horror as a weird ship rises up out of yeah. the sea and some creepy things happen. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's that basically it. That doesn't happen. Yeah, Garrett, that's exactly what happens. Alex's character real. Yeah. Uh, this I, is fun. Hire me. This what? is fun this, this is joe hill guy is good man you should check out his works this are his work many works <laughs> his great works Ga- gaze upon my works uh this uh feels a little bit like armageddon one of my favorite movies well it doesn't armageddon? start it doesn't yeah. start not, off with somebody hitting golf abyss? balls the way that they break out the characters where they're like sure. you're the only one that can do this crazy mission and he's like i'm a shithead here's a bunch of dildos which yeah. is basically the same thing as being in a roughneck oil driller. No, sure. no, dude. He's hitting golf know. balls. He's not throwing dildos at people. Yeah, I know, but he's a roughneck oil driller is what I was saying. Yeah, uh, golf balls are the dildos of the sea. Yeah. Uh, nice. That's where the sport originally came from. In Scotland, <laughs> it was about sex. <laughs> what? Why do you think there's holes in the ground in golf yeah. everywhere? Oh, come on, man. Don't, don't make golf weird. Yes. Don't make golf weird. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Not the one sacred thing for Pete. All he has left is To your golf. point, Justin, this does yeah, feel... Yeah, to Justin's point. <laughs> to his point. Uh, this does feel like much more of the macho big action movie from yeah. Joe than a lot of his other work, which is 
creepier. Uh, I do wonder, though, based on what happens at the end, and I won't spoil it, whether it is going to tie into some of his other work. I, is there is there a line, line-wide crossover element here? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. This feels more like sci-fi horror as sure. opposed to magical or otherworldly horror. Right. But you don't know yet. Right. I know. We don't know anything. What did you think about this book, Pete? Well, I love the art. Uh, it's kind of, This is kind of like a setup issue as far as like we don't really mm. get, on, get into the action. Because it's the beginning. Sure. Like anything. Well, it doesn't give you the flash ahead and then flashbacks to 14 days before. Yeah. You know, so we're building up to it. Um, And I think it does a good job of kind of like setting up the world. And I'm excited that I wasn't too scared yet. Oh, you'll get there. I'm sure. You're going to be scared. Yeah. I I really like this a lot. I like where it ended up. I liked it throughout. I think there's so many elements going on here. If anything, it feels like, uh, what was that Scott Snyder horror book that he did with Jock? Witches? No, not witches. There was a deep vampire sea. one. No, there was a deep sea. It's American vampire. You know, it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's like uh, the abyss. Yes, <laughs> Detective that one was comics. legitimately like the abyss. Yes, <laughs> Detective Comics. You're Detective about. Comics. Yes, yeah. the one with Batman. That's what yeah. I was thinking about. Anyway, this is great. If you're looking for a new horror title, definitely pick it up. This but- book is a hole in one. Oh boy, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And now here's a hole in two. Bloodshot number oh, I think <laughs> zero. It's bloodshot. Zero. Typo <laughs> negative. Uh, bloodshot. Valiant. This is written by oh, Tim Seeley. Art by Mark Lazing, and this is, as you can imagine, going back before Tim Seeley's current Bloodshot series, which has been hardcore action throughout, provides a bit of connective fiber between what had happened with Bloodshot previously, mm-hmm. which what was... a hobby. Oh, don't, no. Don't know. Uh, that... Uh, well, that completely threw me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this one uh, leads because it's very stupid. It's like a stupid grenade. He throws it into a room and it ruins everything. <laughs> if you want your conversational topics brought to a complete halt, hire Pete LePage now. That's right. uh, yeah, I like this book. Like the rest of Tim Seeley's run, it's just a lot of action, and I think that's super fun. What I liked I is at the end, the guy realized he was a real dick when people needed help around him. You know. Um, Pete Why did not, are you looking at Justin when you say that? He always makes hard eye contact with me. Another <laughs> behind-the-scenes comic book club. Pete can't take his eyes off mine Wait. And whenever we're recording our podcast. Um, well, that's not true, man. Uh, what's that? You're <laughs> looking right at me directly at him right now. Uh, now, Pete, this is an issue zero, which you hate. I because hate it's not a, You consider zero not a real number. Right. Uh, was it? Did it bother you? It sure did. Thanks for bringing that up, man. Nice. I was trying to maybe not just one time not talk about that part, but cool. No, man, we got like three bits and we use them all the time. Yeah, uh, I know that about us. I feel like Bloodshot, um, though, outside of the number zero, appeals to you a lot because uh, he's like Wolverine meets the Punisher. Kind of, yeah. But it's kind of a good description. <laughs> um, yeah. Are but, you looking forward to the movie, Pete? They plug it on the cover, which is yeah. fun. That's a lot of fun. That's yeah. where you plug stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I got excited, actually, for Valiant being like, oh, you get to do the thing Yeah, on the cover. <laughs> and but honestly, I, th- I think this whole the new Bloodshot thing, it feels all right. It feels like yeah. it's moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad he realized he was an asshole. It was bothering me. But wait, are you excited for the movie, Pete? Uh, I don't know if I'm excited for the movie. I'm going to see it. Oh, cool. Oh, great. It's just another uh, part of the unending trudgery of life. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some that, you, like, you care so much about the characters that you are Movies. nervously excited. Yeah. For this, I'm like, eh, 
I like Bloodshot. I'll go check this out, but I'm not like, oh, God, they better get this right. I don't care enough. When do you to- have any pure excitement? What's what's exciting for Pete LePage left in the in life? Because um, we got right. You said you're nervously excited for things you like and yeah. sort of bored, excited about things yeah. you only medium like. What's pure excitement? Yeah. Real quick. Talk about how age flattens things out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, we should probably move on and talk about something I'm sure you are excited about, Pete. Wolverine, number one from Marvel Comics, written by Benjamin yeah. Percy and art by Adam Kubert. Uh, he actually just did the second story. I should yeah. have written down who did the first story. Uh, Maybe I'll look it up, or you want to look it up? Yeah, I can look it up. Okay, thanks. Um, this story is sort of like Wolverine meets himself. Wait, well, what? <laughs> it's like uh, Wolverine meets Wolverine, Wolverine. kind of wakes up and he's like, oh, God. I've killed a bunch of people again. Yeah. So the fr- there's two stories in here, and it's almost like two distinct comic books, though I wonder if they are going to come together at all. The first story is, as mentioned, Wolverine wakes up in a snowy wasteland. The rest of the X-Men are dead. He's missing most of his skin. And we flash back. One of Pete's other favorite things to show how he got to that point. They're on the trail of a new drug taken from Kakoa called pollen oh, that humans gotta are using. Get that pollen. Bunch of things yeah. happen on the way. That to, keeps life from evening out. <laughs> uh, Looping back to what uh, what we saw at the beginning, and the second story is Wolverine versus vampires, tying into the overall vampire arc that's going on in the Marvel universe right now. Uh, Pete, number one Wolverine fan, what do you think about this book? Well, I mean Wolverine. Has has been controlled before and killed his team before, so this start doesn't get me super pumped. Uh, I did like the vampire stuff. I like Wolverine messing up a bunch of vampires. That's always fun because then there's a chance maybe Blade will show up. (laughs) (laughs) What a crazy review. And as we all know, Blade started the Marvel uh, franchise that is now this booming studio thing. It wouldn't have happened without Blade. It's just crazy to me that Wolverine, I think Wolverine and Punisher are your favorite characters, but your main thing is like, I hope we can get Blade, though. Yeah. That's like going and being like, like, ooh, I'm really excited about this pizza. Hope tacos show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope a meatball lands in my mouth. <laughs> uh, the artist on the first story is Victor Bogdanovich. Ah, there uh, we go. Uh, what did you think about this one, Justin? I like this. This uh, made me think a lot about the X-Men franchise as a whole. Um, there's a scene in here uh, where Jean Grey is on the team when they're going into this mission where we find out later that she's dead, but no one's ever dead in the X-Men universe anymore. Um, but um, she's holding Wolverine's hand. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting. This X-Men uh, universe that we've all been in on is so interesting, so detail-rich, exciting, but we're not in any character's heads, really. Yeah. You don't... It's all observation. And I'm so curious to get to the emotional interior of these characters. I'm so surprised that hasn't gotten there yet. We get a little bit of Wolverine's interior here, but him holding hands with Jean Grey made me think, oh, wait, what's going on with the three of them living in a house on the moon? Yeah. Remember that whole thing? Are they all uh, thruffling? Uh, I gotta say, I liked both of these stories, but I was a little disappointed that this first issue wasn't just Wolverine solo. Hmm. Like, I think. Because when you see Wolverine number one, that's right. what you think you're gonna get. Yeah, exactly. And it felt instead like X Force 0.5 mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what you're getting to. The status quo changes in a pretty big way for Wolverine by the end of the issue. So I think we are setting up ongoing what is going to happen with Wolverine's solo adventures. But. I don't know. I, yeah, to your point, I wanted to see, like, 
there's a thing that happens, I believe, towards the beginning of the first story where Wolverine is t- talking to Kitty, and Kitty's like, you're happy. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. I love and that scene. That is great. That's what I and wish we And he was playing hide-and-go-seek with kids. I mean, that's adorable. Well, that's I I love that that reminded me of when Wolverine ran the X-Men, ran the yeah. school. Like, that I was like great. That, that stuff was, was fun. fun. And there's a lot of this great stuff to like here, but I think there's just this line-wide thing of not being able to be in the characters' heads as much, yeah. and I want to get to that. I think I, I also loved, in the second story, Omega Red and Wolverine being like, fuck this guy, and now he's having to solve this uh, sort yeah, of mystery. Yeah, I do like that in the second story. I also think it's just going to be Wolverine as a pollen problem. Because he woke up, doesn't know what's going on. You know, there's a bunch like of pollen. Allergies. He's going to have pollen missing. It's been missing for a little while. And Wolverine's having some spots, not remembering stuff, you know. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think it's a good start. It's obviously a beautifully drawn book. Yes. Uh, so that's yeah. nice. But um, I don't know. I, I want a little more in the second issue focused on Wolverine, personally. Let's move on to uh, Deadly Class number 43 from Image Comics, written by Rick Remender and art by Wes Craig. Uh, so I feel like I must have missed an issue here. It definitely felt that way. Yes. I, I don't think I missed an issue, but I was like, whoo, what's this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but... This is great. We're finally moving things in the right direction because... Sex in the woods. Well, you know... That's what I, I call was, pitching from the rough. It. I was like, wait, are these two... He's still with Maria? That's not right. He should be with Sia. So Sia. Sia, sorry. So Sia! I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that this is hopefully moving towards that direction. But the I... Every time I pick up one of these books, I forget about how amazing the art is. The art is truly, truly stunning. So specific, so unique, and just so fluid with all. And there's a ton of action here, a ton of different panels. So I like this just fine, and it's crazy. Just fine. Well, hold on, and it's crazy and just brutal throughout Uh, the. Whole gang is off taking a trip into the woods. They're at a cabin for a weekend of into drinking. The woods. Yeah, they're doing a regional production of Into the Woods. And this is the <laughs> second act. What's with when you? things go very badly. Ah, uh, yes, the baker and his wife are uh, really got it mixed up again. Uh, there are big, tall, terrible giants <laughs> in the sky. Okay, all right, all right. But we're going to get there. Comic Book Club, the musical, buddy. No, Remember, no. the music's very important to this comic, as we see in this issue, which yes. you could always so- song. I'm never as into this comic book when they're away from the school. And what? when they reset after the series closed up, the TV series closed up, yeah. and went back to the school with this new status quo. Yeah. Loved you loved it. that. Yeah. I loved it. But come on, like that was so cool. He walks outside and there's a bonfire, and you think, oh, it's a normal bonfire, but no, it's deadly class, so there's somebody burning. It's a human bonfire. Yeah, yeah, it's a human bonfire. And, and it, again, it's great. I burning enjoy him. this book. But it loses something outside of the class atmosphere. To me, Fuck it just you be- for saying that. To me, it just becomes assassins killing assassins, and that's it. And that gets away from the concept of the book. I actually am going to disagree with you. I like when Thank they you. get out from the school a little bit. As long as they keep sort of bouncing between the two. Because uh, much like the musical in the woods, when they get away from their normal lives, it yeah. mixes up the, the, the dynamics. dynamics. Yes. yes. Whoa. Strange bedfellows <laughs> <laughs> over here. Uh, Agony. <laughs> 
Anyway, we're we're triple threats, <laughs> and none of them are useful. <laughs> Firefly number fourteen from Boom Studios, written by Greg Pak and illustrated by Lead Kumar Sharma. This is continuing the storyline where Mal is a sheriff on a small planet. He has found out that Blue Sky, the corporation that rules everything, is mucking with his planet just like everything else. And meanwhile, the rest of the crew of Serenity is trying to hide, essentially. Yeah. Um, this title continues to be great. Really good. When they making Mal uh, a lawman, I think really reinvigorated all the characters. It gave him something to sort of rally around. And I like that we're getting um, the action from different perspectives in the last couple issues. It's uh, really fun. The art is really nice, too, in this issue. Uh, it's a great issue. I really love the the writing in this book. There's one line that really kind of stuck, stuck with me after I read it where it was like, you know, he was like, oh, thank God, you know, spoilers, he got shot. And then it's like, man, look how lucky I am. And the other character's like... You're not that lucky. And it's just like such yeah. a cool way to kind of write that and set that the up. The dialogue across the board is so sharp. I I enjoy this book quite a bit. And even if you haven't followed Firefly, even if you didn't re- read the series, it's space western. You can jump right into it and understand yeah. exactly yeah. what's going on. Because Star War. Uh, what's that? Huh? It's uh, like a battle in uh, in space. Oh, yeah, no, no thanks. But with weapons, with unique weapons. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. Yeah. I'm back in. Next one to talk about from DC Comics, Deceased Unkillables, number one, written by Tom Taylor and penciled by Carl Mostert. Once again, I have to uh, talk about the spelling of this title. It's just very annoying. Yeah, God. I can tell by the way you read Take it. Take your I just, editing I cap I off and like relax it. with the common people. I don't uh, like it. Uh, first off, I'd like to say the art also is phenomenal in this book. This is kind of like really a nice fun, art. I yeah. like the story a lot as well. I think yeah, I was surprised um, how the, much I like the, the title. Doesn't bother me. I think you need to decease and desist when it comes oh. to being bothered by that. Uh, but yeah, this is. Um, the uh, apocalypse. I mean, it's like Marvel zombies for DC. Obviously, yeah, it's yeah. the anti-life equation has created these zombies. If you look at a screen, you turn into a zombie. If they scratch you, you turn into a zombie. That's like die. real life too, man. You should and look at screens. This is following up on a bunch of the heroes, including most of the Bat family are dead. Here we follow some of the villains who have been side to the story. We also follow Jason Todd as he gathers up people in Gotham City. So presumably they're going to crash together at some point. Um, but yeah, this is super dark, but great. A lot of jokes in it though, too, which I appreciated. Yeah. Uh, Jason Todd writes, uh, he buries, uh, Batman and a couple Robins, a couple of random Robins. And he writes on the gravestone, uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, son, father, bastard, Batman, which yeah. I thought was great. Like really that sharp. Is great. And then he finds the Joker's body and ties him to the front of the car. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was a little up. over the top. Uh, the Joker that. killed him, so he's mad. Sure, sure. I understand that. I understand that. But like <laughs> the on the in the apocalypse, do you just go use him at his? He says, or like uh, Commissioner Gordon, I think is like Don't, why are you Gordon doing that? Is great in this. Like he finds out. Who, you know, Jason Todd and Cassandra Kane, and they're like, hey, you know, and he's kind of like having a moment with all of that. I thought that yeah, was really cool. It's great. The character work throughout here is great. Uh, Tom Taylor also writes a great death stroke, yeah. uh, the way that he characterizes him, so excellent throughout. Um, this is really fun. And I think even if you didn't read the first series or any of the spinoffs, yeah. jump right in with this one. This I find it interesting that the Marvel zombies, after having done the sort of world comedy horror apocalypse stuff, is now going into epic space stuff. And the DC version of it is back in the sort of comedy horror side of it. So they've sort of switched places. Ooh. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Hey, do you guys want any podcorn? I'd love some popcorn. No, 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 Pete. Uh, Podcorn. It's a marketplace for connecting podcasters to sponsorship opportunities. Wait, uh, Podcorn, isn't that who's sponsoring our show right now? Sure is, Justin. Podcorn has a great, easy-to-use interface that lets you search for advertisers for your podcast and lets advertisers search for you. So is there any popcorn or... Wait, wait, so what's the deal? If I use popcorn, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time learning about advertising and dealing with financials, which is like a money word, and selling my soul to sketchy, horrible companies that make me feel like I want to die? No, no, no. The opposite of that. I was actually shocked, and I mean this sincerely. Thanks for being unsincere every time, every moment before this. Well, it's an ad. Anyway, I took barely any time to set up, uh, and then once I did, it was actually fun to click through and find advertisers that might match well with our podcast. The whole interface is Simple and straightforward, even for someone not financially minded like me. True. And once you do hook up with an advertiser like, say, Podcorn. I'm hungry. Pete, just working with them to craft the right ad is supremely simple, too. You don't have to commit to anything you don't want to do, and you can spend a lot less time looking around for advertisers and more time on making your podcast great. <laughs> yeah. So when do we start making this podcast great? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, you never give up your rights, and Podcorn is there to help protect you if there are any issues. I really can't recommend it highly enough. And hey, if you want more info, check out the link in our episode description. Once again, that's Podcorn. Podcorn? Podcorn. So is no one else craving popcorn right now? Peace. Come, Come on. on. Just eat a meal. All right. Next one to talk about on the stump, number one from Image Comics, written by Chuck Brown and art by Prezi. Uh, this... <laughs> Is so much fun. I didn't know what to expect from it. Yeah. But it takes place at a weird... It's all in the title, man. On the stump. Yeah, I thought maybe... Oh, wait. But yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah, what yeah, do you mean by ahead. that? No, I mean, it's super clear what it's about. Okay, yeah? go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you cut down a tree, and uh-huh. then the political people have to fight to the death to see who gets to pass what bills and laws. Right. It's basically a... It's I not even a future. It it's like a that. sideways reality where politics is death wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Essentially. Uh, and it's pretty hardcore and brutal throughout. I Yes, especially to... the end. Oh, that my God. That was too much. Oh, that was too much for you? Didn't like it. No? Mm. I didn't like it. Just, I was like, oh, I really like this comic. And then it was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think about it as a whole? I, you, would you like it was, did you like the stump, though? I found the stump <laughs> to be a little, like, I wanted more rings, cleaner mm. cut. You know, yeah. I'm from the woods. Yeah, I know that about you. Uh, so that's where, um, I, and that's from whence I will return. Huh? Uh, I knew you had to just... Well, excuse me? Yeah. Do what? Uh, but I did appreciate the I fact... Wanna, I want to run an election on the stump against you. Yeah, good, me versus good you. luck. Because as Pete said before we recorded, I'm good at sitting down, and <laughs> Pete struggles with that, so I think I've got him beat. What did you think, Pete? Uh, I thought it was a fun creative take on something we've seen, and I thought it was interesting. Something we've oh, yeah. seen? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think this is how elections should go. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's I mean. the, we haven't seen that yet, yeah, yeah. except for in your weird, dark fantasies. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I also like how um, light they are with the premise. They just sort of do it. It's not like... In 2022, yeah. uh, people started uh, wrestling, started to become politics. And, like, we don't need all that. It just gets right into it. Uh, well, it gets right into it. Also, it very casually, about halfway, two-thirds of the way through, is like, oh, back in 2002 when you were doing this. So it's clearly been going on for a while. Yeah. Uh, which is great. 
super fun. Definitely pick that up, uh, but very brutal if you don't want to see gross stuff. Bernie we'll- Sanders would crush at this. Oh, oh yeah, my God. God. He would. He is Bill the burn, very bro. strong. Yeah, I know. A he lot of people don't. Hey, you haven't seen him with his shirt off, but it's it's something to see. <laughs> I would wow. love to see it with his shirt Really, off. it makes me get on my nine iron. You know Moving over to a Marvel <laughs> comic book, Marvel's Voices, number one. It is by a lot of people. Yes, it sure is. This is a spinoff of the popular Marvel podcast that brings in uh, diverse voices, people of color, etc. Uh, and here we get a bunch of one-page and several-page stories throughout the Marvel Universe uh, with people who have never written a Marvel comic book before, uh, never written a story before, some old prose. Uh, Charlemagne the God is in it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, which he also writes himself in, which is a very Charlemagne thing to do. Yeah. Yep. Also, my former co-worker, Rob Barkman, is on it. He writes the Silver Stor- Surfer story, so that was super fun to check out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, as usual, some of the stories are better than others, I think, but uh, what did you think about this book as a whole? What was your favorite story? Uh, I thought it was a, a great idea, fun to give people a chance to do uh, see what they're going to do if they got a chance to write you know, in a comic book. So uh, I... I don't know which one's my favorite. I, I'm kind of like blanking on that. I think my least favorite was the Snow Queen one pager, but uh, White, Frost. White Queen. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Pete's a big Hans Christian Andersen fan. <laughs> yeah. Hans, As we all know. Hans. Uh, I like this sort of uh, right at the top, the Wacky Races one, uh, pitting. Uh, the X-Men, the Krakoan race team versus the Wakanda race team. Mm-hmm. That was very fun. Um, but yeah, across the board, is a lot of uh, good little bites. I mean, I want to see more. What about yeah. Method Man did a story, Pete? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you got to say? That's awesome. All right. I like the Ant-Man story in particular. That was uh, super, just a good bit. Yeah. Like, it's Ant-Man and Nick Fury... But and Ant Man's like, hey, over here, I'm over here, and he's just playing with his depth perception because he has one eye, uh, and they just go back and forth. It's a fun one pager, and one pagers are not easy to do. So the fact no. that so many of these worked uh, is a testament to clearly the editorial team worked really heavily with everybody, uh, and they got some good stories out of it. So it's definitely one to pick up and try. Yep. Next one to talk about from DC Comics, Batman number eighty nine, written by James Tynion the Fourth, art by Carlo Pagulian. Gillum March and Danny Mickey. Uh, this is continuing the storyline where Batman is going up against five assassins who are working for a secret master called the designer who, as we find out in this issue, was given a brief, let's say, by Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman, and Joker. Was that the four? Yep. Uh, characters uh, to in order to destroy Batman. Uh, we also found the Joker dead the last issue, but, and this is a spoiler, so three, two, one, spoilers, but the move that I loved in this issue is it turns out that the Joker is running his own thing at the same time this, this yeah. designer thing is going on. Classic That guy's joke. crazy. He's yeah. reckless. Yeah. But I love that. I love that because it's always like we're reading the comic books and you never think about the fact that everybody's taking turns. Like it's yeah. the Riddler does his plot and then Mr. Freeze does his plot and the Penguin does his plot. Of course they'd be like, no, I'm doing my thing now. Yeah. yeah. And I Especially think that's the Joker. so great. Yeah, it's great. They got to be on one big text chain where it's like, wait, how long? When can I get in? Yeah, did uh, you sign up? Yeah. yeah, you got to sign up. They have a doodle. Yeah. The Batman, kill Batman doodle. <laughs> now serving number 42. Uh, I really liked Harley Quinn in this. I thought that was fun. Beautifully drawn. The Guillaume March art uh, later on, halfway through the story with uh, Harley Quinn and Catwoman is so nice. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I also like the way she was like, hey, there's a bunch of stuff going on, but also Joker stuff too. 
You know, yeah. it was a really fun way to kind of like have her explain. Yeah, that's it. what I was saying. Is uh, I think working that in was good. The characters are great. There's so much danger for Batman throughout here, which also, is a very Batman hard thing upset. to do. Yeah, yeah. The Batman Catwoman scene was really cool. Yeah, uh, it's using sort of a, so many elements from the what's been happening in Batman lately, and then adding on a wild series of new elements and this new character. The designer. and also Alfred, Alfred's still not there. No, he's there. He's well, Lucius Fox is there. Yeah. He's the new Alfred. Yeah, minus the sandwiches. I like uh, uh, Lucius because he's sort of a little like funny. He's like yeah. joking around. Don't he's not as like drink your soup. soup. It's too soon, bro. <laughs> Have some soup. I made soup. Yeah, he's always too pushing soon. soup. Alfred in his soup. Yeah, but Alfred solves the crimes always by what food he brings out that gives Batman the idea that he wasn't thinking about before. Here's your Joker soup, sir. <laughs> oh, it's the Joker the whole oh, time. Yes, I love that that's how you think how food works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need an idea for something. Let me eat. I mean, a lot Sometimes of you got to walk away from the problem for it to really... Come to you. If you eat it, blood goes from your brain to your stomach, away know. from where your brain, oh, your really? ideas come from. I just ate, so I don't know what you're talking about. Moving on to another valiant comic book, Doctor Tomorrow, number one, written by Alejandro Arbona and art by Jim Tao. Uh, this is, I assume, another dormant valiant property that's coming back. It's waking up. Yeah. Uh, so this is a big old superhero. He is a kid. Yeah, he's like kind a of young a man, and then yeah. there's a kid who's also him. Right. Yeah. So I, there's time travel involved. Yeah, I Dimensional th- hopping. I thought this was kind of a fun, bright book. Like, I, I appreciated the way the kind of, like, art uh, represented the style of what they were going for. It's just kind of a, like, superhero thing, but... You know, who wouldn't want their future self to show up and be a badass and be like, hey, I need you, man? Well, let me ask you, would you trust a younger version of yourself as your sidekick? Because yeah, that's what ha- sort question. of happens Ooh, here. Uh, Doctor Tomorrow comes back, or uh, comes back and gets himself to be his sidekick. Right. Yeah. The thing, and this is a spoiler for the last page, but the thing that I really liked at the end, they bring in uh, two characters from Fred Van Lente's what is it, Ivar, oh, yeah. Time Hopper, or whatever he's called. Yeah, sure. Book, which was super fun. Uh, so ha- seeing them show up again, having them involved in these time travel shenanigans. Really got me on board because I like those characters quite a bit. This reminded me of a comic from the Ultraverse um, called okay. Prime. Oh, Remember yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. Uh, about it was a kid who uh, sort of very uh, um, Captain Marvel style, Captain Marvel from the DC Universe, Shazam. Um, became, but it was like a sort of a body horror version of that. And this feels like something's going to give with the, uh, these two characters, and it won't be great. Oh, no. Yeah. Ah, we'll see what happens. That's uh, how fun life works start if you're looking for out. a fun kind of all-ages book. Last one to talk about, Undiscovered Country, number four from Image Comics, written by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule, art by Giuseppe Camacoli and Danielle Orlandini. And we are continuing the first arc of Undiscovered Country. A bunch of folks have gone into the walled-off United States of America in order to stop a virus that is killing off most of the rest of the world. They've discovered things are insane in America. They're insane. Only, they are only in the first ring of America. There's a series of rings. They are being tortured by a guy named the Destiny Man hmm. uh, and teaming up with a guy who thinks he is Uncle Sam in order to find a door to the next ring. Uh, man, this uh, book is so impressive every issue out of the gate. It's wild. Yeah. It's just so much it going on. It keeps getting crazier. And it feels like 
it feels like it's, you're running like 100 miles an hour through the story. So um, obviously there's a first arc. I really like this book, but I'm excited for them to just sort of chill into the storytelling. I don't know. There's something I can't quite hook into, and I keep thinking, we talked about this with the last issue, but I feel like I don't know any of these characters, right? Yeah. Like we right. meet one an issue through flashbacks. Yep. So that's how they're diving in deeper to the characters. That's how they're showing us what's going on with Lost them. style. Lost style. Uh, but... Because it's comic books, because we're not spending an hour with everybody, you don't really get to know them that much. But it's so tense, every issue, and the way they pace it out, it still feels like, oh, shit, when they get to the final revelations, even though I have this reaction every issue where I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, I don't completely know what that means yet, but I definitely yeah. have that feeling, you know? Yeah. And the, Because they're just masters of pacing that out in exactly the right way. And also, like, you're getting to know all these characters, but, like, the main kind of villain who's running the show, you don't really know anything about. And is he the villain? Yeah. yeah. And how does his antlers, like, they look like ghost glowing antlers. Oh, ghost antlers. Yeah. So, like, his antlers died and they came back to haunt him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that that's would be pretty scary. fucked up. That's every time I get a haircut, my ghost hair keeps <laughs> haunting my head. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> or you... Or it's growing back. If you I accidentally, like, hit a deer with your car, you have to walk around with ghost antlers. What if oh, you hit man. a deer with your car on purpose? Oh, that's fucked why up. Why would you do that? Yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> Don't do that. Why would you do that, Alex? Yeah, uh, Alex, why would you do why that? Would you do why would you why do that? Why did I do that? Exactly. Yeah. Confess. Don't give us I know that it's population bullshit. Oh, the population is getting out of hand in this country. <laughs> the population of deer? Yeah, that's what the hunters say. Well, like, why are you shooting deer? And like, well, the population in this area is out of control, so we're trying to keep it I down. Mean, that's definitely not a real problem. I mean, actually, it is. Oh, it yeah. is? Yeah, deer are, the deer population is wildly out of control. That's if one of the reasons why there's so many more ticks. Oh. Huh. The, there's an uptick in ticks because of deer. I don't know, but natural selection, man. Let the deer yeah, go out of deer control. Deer jerky is so delicious. Man. That's true. The deer will, will eventually rise up. Yeah. Especially bring it. Especially the what? That's actually yeah, bring the plot. You were, deer. You were just like hunters shouldn't kill deer, and now you're like bring a deer, I'll kill you. Yeah, because deer jerky is delicious. Okay, you're mm-hmm. a very confusing melange of what do you mean? <laughs> of madness. Yeah. Hey. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we will uh, give you ticks, I think. Uh, also, tickets. T- oh, tickets, right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to plug? A friend of us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app, app of, of your, your choice. choice to subscribe and <laughs> Listen to the show, and we'll see you at our production of Into Into the Woods. Agony. Once a week, they'll blow your mind.